0: Welcome to That's No Longer My Ministry, a podcast that tells a different story about healing. A story of healing as discipline, as real, hard, and uncomfortable work. This is a place where we honor the journeys of marginalized folk actively purging years of programming and the consequence of never being centered. A place for acknowledging and moving through trauma. where radical self-liberation is sought and no is a complete sentence you should listen if you're someone who wants to build the kind of life you don't need to escape from I'm your host Nadia a black woman who has spent way too much time trying to fit into a number of spaces that weren't and still aren't meant for me but that's no longer my ministry. I just wanted to take a couple moments before this episode to properly introduce the guest star, who is my friend John Sabian, someone who's helped me through the lows of lows, but also someone who's helped me dream higher than any one or substance could do. You'll hear in this episode this frantic energy from him, even in the way you'll hear him slapping down on the table at the very beginning, and I attribute that to just how much he believes in every idea he has, and he goes after them. Some things about John that he's very modest about, he's an entrepreneur, he's the founder of an artificial intelligence company focused on making the world's first record label for robots, that's something that doesn't come up till the very end and I don't want you to miss that. He studied for his master's degree at the Berkeley College of Music in Spain, and he is currently in a postgraduate program for artificial intelligence through Harvard University. Not only that, but he has 14 years of meditation experience, so there's so much about him that you all need to hear, but the best thing about this episode, in my opinion, is that I feel like I captured his heart and just how much he believes in whatever it is his attention is on at the moment. So let me know what you think, and please welcome my friend, John.
1: Right now, I feel really good. Um, I feel like things, everything is going to... Work out okay. Okay. Uh, I'm a little tired, but for good reasons. And,
0: uh, oh, that looked, that was a little cheeky. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that looked for good reasons. You don't have to tell me what good reasons, but, yeah, but I love that. Yeah. I love but, that you're tired for good reasons.
1: Yeah. And so, like, you know, it makes it so that your tiredness doesn't necessarily feel bad. It's like, right. you know, it's like after you have a really good workout, you're like, oh, man, I'm beat, but, like, also, that's good. You yeah. Know? So,
0: I hate um, feeling tired when I have literally nothing going on.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah, that's, that's a really, I feel like that's like a depression indicator when you're like tired and you haven't done anything all day. Yeah. It's like, well, something's up. Yeah. Something's something deeper's up, up. You know, Or
0: we're in a pandemic.
1: Or we're in a pandemic. So everybody's going through that. Yeah. Totally.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so one thing that I like to do with this podcast, because we're talking about things that are no longer our ministries. Mm-hmm. Um, what's something that you've discovered recently? Like, I don't have to do that. It's just something mm-hmm. that has been programmed into me to be like, I have to do these things. Like, for me, I'm like, I should be checking my email all the time, but that's not true. Mm-hmm. I can just set some time in the morning, maybe set some time in the afternoon, and that's it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so what's something that you've just kind of been like, you know what, I don't have to do that anymore. I'm an adult.
1: Yeah, uh, I've been thinking about this a lot, actually. And I, I think it's listening to my own thoughts, mm-hmm. like believing them or taking them seriously even. Yeah. And I feel like... That's one thing that I do. I'll do a lot of meditation practice. And one of my meditation teachers says, like, you should consider a lot. It's like, where is this thought coming from? Who does it belong to? Mm-hmm. And really, like, when you think about it for a long time, you don't know where any of your thoughts come from. Like, and like, like, neurologically, we don't really know. And like, you don't know what you're going to think before you even think it. Because if you did, you would have already thought it. Especially like the, uh, am I allowed to curse on this podcast? Like, Absolutely. Like the shittier thoughts, <laughs> like. You don't really need to take those seriously at all. You know what I mean? It sounds really, like, basic and simple, like, like obvious. But it's really hard. And, like, the majority of our thoughts, they don't really do anything for you, you know? They're just there. I, yeah. They're, they're just there. And, and the, the other thing is, like, your thoughts are always there, you know? It's like a mm-hmm. soundtrack that's constantly there. So, like, even if you can't like ignore it like at least turn the volume down a little bit you know right. like, i'm sitting here and i don't need to hear this right now so like if you're gonna be there like just like relax for a while you know that's like, totally true yeah. and ideally you can replace that with a different thought and that is again you can do that and it's more difficult but um yeah I th- you know like an affirmation or a mantra or something like that yeah so yeah long answer to your question but it's like <laughs> not believing your own thoughts you know yeah and uh i
0: like yeah because that's something i've been thinking about like how can i use my thoughts as an entry point into what i really want or need right now yeah like because i have i've suffered from depression Mm -hmm. since like probably fifth grade and you know i have a lot of intrusive thoughts and that's Mm. like why i'm in therapy because there are certain things where i'm like oh this this i just feel this in my body and my soul but like i don't want that intellectually i don't want that and so it's like how can you invite curiosity about your thoughts And take that as, like, that came from somewhere. I don't know why. Maybe it's Mm. random. But is it indicative of something?
1: Yeah. You know? I think it's something really interesting. I think, like, it does, like, live in your body, too. Like, a lot of that. And um, I mentioned this to you briefly, but there's a really great book called The Body Keeps the Score. That's exactly about, like, you know, trauma and depression. That, that, like, physically, you know, is in your body. Yeah. And it's hard to think about that a lot of times just because our thoughts are very airy you know when ethereal and that kind of thing but they're really there and that's like especially those repetitive ones mm-hmm. there's something there, like physically locked up in there and that's why for me personally like when if i am like in a depressive there, like movement like getting energy and mm-hmm. air in there like gets that stuff out of there for me and like i i do breath work at least like once a month and that's almost like that's almost like scheduled crying time for me because i know almost always Like I'm going to cry during those and not for any particular reason. I'm not thinking sad thoughts or anything, but it's like intense breathing, yeah. like getting the stale air and energy out of there, like for like an hour straight. And it's like, you know, you can get kind of psychedelic in there, but there's always something that you don't even realize physically. And like you can release that in those sessions, you know,
0: that's like work that I've never done. And I don't feel, I don't know. I don't know if I can like schedule something like that. I'm a very I'm easily distracted.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's well. I'm
0: really bad at meditation. I
1: I I, <laughs> I the I wouldn't have I got it like a someone to do it with me.
0: Okay, um, like guided. Yeah,
1: it was guy. I w- I don't think I would have been able to really do it. And he's like, you know, with you the whole time. It's a specific pattern. Okay. You know, and you, you have to like lie down so you don't like pass out that kind of thing. I wouldn't have done it or probably even heard of it if I didn't get somebody to do it like with me. And, okay. And yeah, with all of that kind of stuff, I know it's like a. Um, like a place of privilege to be like oh yeah I have a teacher tell me about that and teach me about this thing but like it really is helpful if you can get yeah. there and um,
0: that's a great resource yeah. honestly yeah.
1: Um,
0: but let's like get into who you are because right. I feel like I know you I know you well and you know I can me, tell you know the me, listeners you know me better
1: than almost yeah, I can tell
0: the listeners people. how I know you and yeah. what I think of when I knew you but I kind of want to hear from you first like mm-hmm. who are you what do you do like what makes mm-hmm. up you it doesn't have to be in the context of work but it can yeah. be
1: Well, um, I do a lot of things, and I think it's actually been a long journey to, like, get to a place where I feel comfortable with that, like, being, uh, like, a multi-passionate person and, like, pursuer of those things, too. Like, I think, uh, I think about me is, like, I feel like I'll get really wild ideas. I forget who said it, but it was, like, everybody gets a million-dollar idea every single day, but, like, very few people will actually try to run with them. Mm -hmm. And I feel like with a lot of them, I'll really latch onto them, and I, like... And there are ideas I've had for years still that I'm like just really certain that they're gonna happen, and I I'd really do do something about them. Yeah, uh, I, I try to at least like every day. Um, but yeah, so and so like, yes, I'm multi creator, I do a lot of things with music, and um, I'm trying to do more poetry mm-hmm. and uh, writing. Um, I like to draw also, I'm getting into like digital. Uh, I've always done like traditional. Yeah, Uh, drawing, painting, that kind of thing. But I want to learn how to do that digitally. And that's cool. um, It sounds like I'm into a bunch of random stuff, but actually, (laughs) there's a real. There's always seems to be like a connected tissue to all of that, and it always revolves around like, for lack of a better word, like magical Mm -hmm. things, and like. um, I think uh, let me let me go back. I feel like I feel like this. (laughs) You think you
0: lost people at magical things? Yeah,
1: but I think this will explain it, and it will kind of explain everything that I'm interested in. Like when I. when I had a Nintendo 64, well, I still have that Nintendo 64, but the, one of the first games I got for that, uh, so this this was probably 1999, 1998 when this game came out, mm-hmm. I got Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, and that was the first time I ever played an instrument was on that game, because if you don't know that game, you should, it's one of the greatest games of all time, and um, there's a magical ocarina in that game, a little flute, that when you play it, you like go back in time, and you can you know, um, talk to the princess, you can raise the dead, you can change the weather, like, so like, this is my introduction to music, by the way, and like, you're playing notes on your little controller, you know, and you can change, like, the the pitch with the joystick and everything, so it, it like, really was music making, but it was like, you're liter- literally doing magic in the mm-hmm. game, and, like, the, the soundtrack to the game is also, like, one of the best soundtracks across, like, any medium, it's made by a guy named Koji Kondo, um, who also did the Super Mario Brothers theme song, you've probably heard a lot of his music, and anyways, like that just really that sense, like I've never lost mm-hmm. like that sense. And I guess my entire mission with myself is to get other people to feel that sense of like wonder like, oh, my God, like I play the song and all of a sudden it's seven years in the future. And like, oh, my gosh, I play this song and now all these chickens are next to me. Like, that's the <laughs> dream, you know, well, for me.
0: <laughs> I don't know if it would be the dream for me to have a bunch of chickens around me. Um, But I will say, at least from how I've gotten to know you and like who I like, how I tell people I know you. And I even talked about you earlier today because I was excited about seeing you. Um, But I always talk about you as the person who like gave me permission to dream and Mm -hmm. like actually believe it happens like you know what i mean because yeah. i remember having conversations with you early like this was college days mm-hmm. and you would be like i'm doing this and I, I just thought this and it happened and there was all this like manifesting that you were doing mm-hmm. and talking about and i was like i just don't think that works for me and you were like of course it could like like it was just yeah and it was just like this absolute like it was just a, a concept i never really thought about like i don't have to be practical Like, that's what my parents have always taught me. I have to be practical. Like, I have to go to school for a specific reason and get a job for that reason Mm -hmm. and, like, focus on that. But you gave, like, you gave me this outlook of, like, there are so many other things you want to do. Like, honestly, I started moving in on poetry because Mm -hmm. of a lot of the things you were saying. Like, I was like, maybe I could be a poet. Like, maybe, maybe that's something I could do. And it's just, it's amazing how that really changed my outlook on how I could do, like, this podcast how i could do my job and i don't have to do it within the lines of what they say i have to do like i could just make it whatever i want and i think that's a quality that people are always like natty it's amazing you think like that and i'm just like that's john (laughs) that's john how he influenced me
1: i'm really happy to hear that just because yeah i want to have that effect on people and actually you saying that out loud makes me like want to reconnect with that version of me because i feel like i've kind of lost that rhythm i haven't i'm come to terms with that i haven't really but like it certainly felt like man nothing's working out you know like i've been through some tough stuff recently and it's been like the opposite of that but like actually secretly it has been the right thing all along yeah and it's just like the road there you know it goes through some
0: it's not always straightforward it it isn't it isn't
1: (laughs) and it's like every time i you know i'll get like frustrated or like i'll suddenly be like, well, now I need to do it this certain way. Like, a sense of desperation, you know, mm-hmm. will come over you, and you try to do things differently. Like, I- I'm reminded of um, like, the there's the old, like, Arthurian legends, like, specifically the Holy Grail, the original Holy Grail quest, at least as, like, um, I think is uh, Wolfram, his Wolfram's take on it. So, like, it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter whose take. But the original Holy Grail story is, like, Holy Grail comes down from yeah. heaven and lands in this mysterious castle in the middle of the forest and King Arthur's court finds out about it so they're like oh obviously this is an adventure and we have right. to go do this now and go get the grail and so all the knights come trotting out to the edge of the forest and they all say like well obviously or they say it would be dishonorable if we all now went down the same path to mm-hmm. get the holy grail so they all spread out and right. go down the path they're like this seems like the most mysterious and darkest but also like alluring path and so every single knight goes down his own and they each have their own you know, legendary quest. But, like, obviously that's a metaphor for, like, our own personal Holy Grails. Right. And I feel like every time, for me, that I've, like, sh- diverted from my path, hard as it may be, like, it feels incorrect, you know? Mm-hmm. And it would, it's actually better to be on that difficult path. Yeah. Because it's yours, you know? Right. And it would be dishonorable. And also, ultimately, less fulfilling. You'll never get the Holy Grail if you go down a different path, you know? So, um yeah, I reminded that. And I'm really glad that I had that effect on you. That makes my heart sing. So?
0: Oh, it's singing. <laughs> yeah. That's cute. Now it's time for like an activity. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, so we've been told. Um, I'm a rapid fire. Give you some lyrics because I know mm-hmm. you're musical. Mm-hmm. I know you'll probably recognize these lyrics. Yeah. Um, and you'll just let me know. Does this does this resonate mm-hmm. with you in your healing journey? Does this resonate with you in general? So the first one. If there's nothing missing in my life. Mm. Then why do these tears come at night?
1: Yo, <laughs> that's my girl, Britney. I think that's my that's my favorite Britney Spears song, and uh,
0: I felt like I had to do something special for you.
1: Well, okay, <laughs> I um I think Britney's right on the money there, because as you alluded to like earlier, you know, like you can follow every practical thing to like a T and still feel totally like unfulfilled, and you you don't know why, you know, like that's like yeah. part of the reason why like, I think breath work is important because, like, those those tears, I don't know where they're coming from or why, but, like... So something
0: must be missing. Some,
1: yeah, something. Or, or, like, something needed to be, like, readjusted, you know? Or you need to change your perspective on, on something. Yeah. Um, but, like, I think spontaneous tears are good if you don't know where they are, or yeah. are coming from, you know? And I think she's really tapping into... She's going deeper, you know? And I I, I will always defend Britney. <laughs> and... Uh, I think she's way more like deep than she gets credit for. And I'm right on there with her. I love it. That's
0: why I did that one. That was for you. Here's another one. Um, It's a little longer. So I'm going to try to say it without trying to do the rhythm of the song, which is a real (laughs) struggle for me. Thought that I would fail without you, but I'm on top. Thought it would be over by now, but it won't stop. Thought I would self-destruct, but I'm still here. Even in my years to come, I'm still going to be here. Do we know who this song is by?
1: I'm, I'm thinking, but you didn't do the rhythm, and, I, and now it's in my head. Can you do it with? Like, can you sing it, sing it along?
0: I don't know to sing it. It's like, okay. <laughs> Thought that I would fail without you, but I'm on top. Thought it would be over, but now, but it won't stop. Thought that I would self destruct, but I'm still here. Even in my years to come, I'm still gonna be here.
1: Damn girl <laughs> And I know that's Survivor. And I know that's destiny. I didn't spot. even wanna
0: say like that.
1: But like as soon as you say I was like, Man, I know what this is and of course I agree with every word of that. So I just
0: feel like that... Like, it's so funny. I loved that song as a kid, but I didn't really look too deep in the lyrics.
1: Yeah, yeah. But
0: when I was reading it this morning, I was like, yes, like, that's the messaging we all deserve. Like, it is, isn't it? Like, these are all the things you, you think that something's gonna kill you, something's gonna, like, break you beyond repair, but it's yeah. like, no, I'm still on top. Like, yeah. I'm a survivor.
1: And actually, like, <laughs> if you're listening to this right now, like, you've gone through every... You've gone through the most difficult things of your life, and you're still, like, you're alive still yeah know? and that is like a victory on its, on itself you know it's so that's so true and if you die no one knows what happens after that so who knows you could still be surviving in some way so
0: we just don't know, we know i don't knows. even want to get into that that makes yeah. me a little nervous um okay. okay last one i think you'll appreciate this because i listened to one of your mashups this morning and oh, really? i just pulled this song because i was like there's genius in it to me okay because i'm young and i'm black and my hat's real low do I look like a mind reader, sir? I don't know. Am I under arrest or should I guess more?
1: That's also true. <laughs> and Jay-Z knows what he's doing there. And I love 99 Problems. And lyrics aside, it's a very, like, as a DJ, it's a really easy song to, like, put into other things. Yeah. So it's probably one of my most mixed songs. But that's so true. And, like, as you know, I went through... Okay, so I've probably gotten every kind of profiling yeah.
0: uh,
1: that there is except for like Asian stuff because like, I'm kind of racially ambiguous but I've gotten uh, black stuff I've gotten Latin stuff I've gotten like anti-Muslim, Arab stuff like I've gotten it all and like uh, i seen the whole brand I, Yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of flavors of that uh, that buffet <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's not one that I really want to partake in but it's true and like it's exhausting really too yeah. and like it's hard to talk about also with like people that don't get it, but like, you know, and, um, yeah, but it's really true. And, um, but I I would say like Jay Z is an inspiration. I mean, (laughs) in a lot of ways, but he wrote that song, having gone through that all himself. I mean, I've read his book and I know, you know, from selling crack on in New York to a billionaire. So like, it's, it is something that you can overcome on a personal level, even if Mm -hmm. that system is still there. And even if it, you know, um. Yeah. So I, I agree with that too. Unfortunately, but yeah. I, but I do.
0: Yeah, I think like one thing that I liked in that because he was like, it's like he's being obviously sarcastic when he's like, "Do I look like a mind reader?" But at the yeah. same time, I'm like, "Yes, we shouldn't have to read anybody's mind." <laughs> yeah. Like that is something where I like that is. That is no longer my ministry. It's trying yeah. to like read oh, other people gosh. based on like, let's say passive aggression, which happens a lot on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to try to read between the lines. What you're saying is what I'm going to take. So if you wanted me to receive some other message, like that's not for me. Yeah, it's not for me. Like, yeah. I'm not going to try and help you uh, like decode you yeah. for not expressing yourself the way that you want or need to. Yeah. So I just think Jay-Z was, you know, way ahead of our time.
1: He, he was, yeah. And he still might be. I think he's... He genius.
0: probably yeah. is. He's just very quietly standing for Beyonce, yeah. as he should.
1: As he should. We all should. Everyone should.
0: <laughs> okay, so now that we've kind of had a little fun, mm-hmm. let's try to dig into the meat, which is mm-hmm. what is no longer your ministry?
1: One thing that I've... Um, I, I mentioned this to you briefly like earlier, like... I am a DJ and I've been thinking about thoughts as like songs you can play and like if they won't go away right like for some reason like this has happened to me actually you get one of um, like your decks is stuck on a song and like it's really terrifying when that happens but (laughs) it's happened to me before so it's basically like a song or a thought in this example like Mm. on loop or something Um, and what you can do is like you it's there but you can do you can still work with it you can play another song over it you can move the slider over so it's on this other thought, even if it's like still running there in the background, or you can mix it with something else, so you don't need to take the whole thing, but like there still might be good in that song that in that thought, yeah. Or, or recently, yes. I, I re saw an interview with Chappelle and uh Jimmy Fallon, That's and awesome. there and Chappelle was telling a story about um Kanye, and this is before Kanye had ever dropped an album, okay, so like pretty back in the day. and Chappelle's saying that Kanye's on the phone with somebody, and they were like, What, what are you doing, Kanye? and he's like, I'm watching. Chappelle show skits that ain't never been aired, and then like he's saying he's saying what he's doing, and there's like a small pause, and then he goes, "Because I live a dope life and I do dope shit." It's almost like, (laughs) almost like signing off with that like signature. You know what I mean? For me, like sitting here now, that was probably a a soundtrack, a song I thought that he was playing in his head all the time. Mm. Like he lives a dope life, he does dope shit, and again, didn't have a single song out at all. And don't get me wrong, like, the list of ways Kanye is problematic is very lengthy. But yeah. you don't have to take the whole guy. You can just... Right. Or, or everything he's ever said or done. Like, just that part for me. Like, right now, like, I have a lot of very practical, very real concerns going on. Yeah. But I'm sitting with you in Oakland, and, like, it's pretty dope, you know? It's and, like, dope. And, we yeah, do dope and, shit. And, <laughs> and, yeah, we do dope shit. And, like, I have those concerns still, and I will have them back there. But... Mm-hmm. That's not, like, the center of my world right now. And so, like, those thoughts that are, like, nagging down there and, like, you know, you can feel, like, the anxiety bubbling up in your belly yeah. or whatever. So, like, my ministry is to myself. And I'm, like, preaching to myself and saying, you know what? Like...
0: The way you just nailed that. Because really? earlier you struggled with ministry. I, I caught it, but it's okay. Yeah. And then you said, my ministry is to myself. <laughs> like, you were you were the black woman in my heart.
1: Yeah. i <laughs> preach preaching to the choir of me with other choirs. The cold choir is me also being, like, yo check this out, like, these thoughts don't run you. And there are better thoughts on there. And you know what? You're a DJ. You can remix this however you want to. Yeah. And play this brand new song that's, like, your own way. And, like, you can extend that out, like, broadly. Broaderly, that's not a word. But, like, more broadly to, like, let's say you love Oprah, like, and you consume all of her wisdom and everything. The way that you live your life with her principles whatever Mm -hmm. they may be are going to be, like, your own way. Like, because... You're your own different person. So like I feel like for me, I like I love like learning about Buddhism and I do like a lot of meditation and I do all these things, but like I'm like remixing that all the time in my head with like video games and yeah. Disney and all these random other things. And like they re- it really works for me, you know? Yeah. So like in a way, like in my ministry in my own church is like my own doctrine also, you know what I mean? And it's like one that has to work for me. Yeah. So um
0: So was there a particular time in your life where you realized like these thoughts are just, are running me. I'm not running these thoughts. These thoughts are running me. Like, did you notice?
1: Yeah. Um, I, I mean this very recently even like I, I like constant storytelling and rethinking things and thinking Mm. about things in the future. Like what's going to happen? Like, um, I don't know. Like what's going to happen after this and that and like, um, like, I, I, like, there was issues, I was involved, I had to go to court for a thing, and at like, yeah. for the months leading up to that, like, the, every hour of every day, I was like, what's gonna happen? I know I didn't do anything wrong, but like, even still, the fact that I'm there, like, I know my lawyer says I'm fine, but like, still, like, yeah. I'm in this, you know, whatever. And um, so, like, that's, you know, constant worry, and I really, like, one thing my therapist told me, he's like, right now, it's like, you got this box, and in that box, there's a button, and in also that box, there's a ball and like i know it's kind of complicated i'm like okay hold on box ball button yeah and that ball is like really big and like every time that ball hits that button it's that story running again like over and over again so and because the ball is so big and the box is only so big like you know you're hitting that button all the time yeah that ball is so like really my only mission is just like that song that's stuck on the on that dj deck like all I have to do is try to get that ball to be a little bit smaller. Like, I'm still going to hit that button. Mm-hmm. But, like, and like over time, you realize that, and the ball gets smaller and smaller, and, like, that ball is still there, but it's a lot smaller. And it hits that button, but just not as often. And I feel like it's, like, really important, like, when you do deal with, like, depression or anxiety or that kind of thing all mm-hmm. the time. A lot of well-meaning people will say, like, um you know, well, at least your family's doing fine, you know. Right. at least, like, you know, you're alive, that that kind of stuff. It could be
0: so much worse. It could be so
1: much worse. And, like, it comes from a good place, but every time somebody says that, there's, like, a secret, like, phantom sentence attached to that. And it's always, so you should be fine. Mm -hmm. Or, like, like, so stop feeling so bad, you Mm -hmm. know. So, like, get over it, basically. And they don't say that last part because it's, you know... They don't think about it, and, you know, that would be kind of mean. And so, like, <laughs> but it's always there. It's, like, these ghost sentences. Yeah. And, you know, you feel it. It lands in your body. So, like, um, I, I guess it's, like, again, me talking to myself, I'm like, you know what? You're probably always going to think about all this stuff. And it's, like, kind of relieving to think that you're never, you're not really looking to discard it. If I could, that'd be great. If I could just right. discard everything. But just learning how to carry it better, you know? Mm-hmm. And... um that's not an easy. That's not easy work, and that's not quick work, you know. No. But I, 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 do think, you know, the older I get, it's easier to carry that stuff, you know. Yeah. And because you do know how to like carry it, I find that I'm able to talk to other people about it and help them carry it more. You know, it's like once you figure out how to carry your stuff, it's like be like, oh, yo, I'm carrying this too. Let me show you a cool way to carry that. That's not so sucky, you know. Yeah. So like, <laughs> um, like there, there are several people that owe me an apology, and I'm like. And if they do that, that's fine. But like, I also that's that's if you don't want to, that's fine. You know, that's that's your business, and like, I'm gonna move on just fine. And like, just becoming more and more comfortable with that, like carrying that better, and surrendering to your better life now that you've gone through all that. You know.
0: Well, and it's interesting because you actually you credited your age for moving into this place where you can carry it better. Yeah. But what I'm interested in more so, because mm. I don't believe that to be fully true, I think it's mm. also the work yeah. that you've done, right? Sure. It's the personal growth. It's, you know, seeing a therapist is always what I recommend to people, but, like, it's the work for me. So mm, totally. what is it that you feel like, if you were going to name a couple things besides your therapist, or even, like, tools your therapist has given you, but, like, that are your, that feels like work to you, but mm. is actively making you better on this path
1: yeah so that's a super good point I don't like the time's gonna pass but it could be maybe, you, things could get worse I if know you 50 don't year olds who
0: are still struggling oh, with yeah. the same shit yeah yeah
1: no <laughs> totally like that's that's really good I'm glad that you you said that but um, so for me like um, lots of things and like and um, one of them is like exercise like like I mentioned earlier it's I feel like it's really good to get moving and like yes. move that energy aside from like all the physical benefits I do, like, breathwork every once. I don't do it more than once a month because it's super intense. Yeah. But like, that's really good for specifically for moving, like, the air and, like, your emotions insofar as they exist physically. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't think I found something better for that than doing, like, um, like real breathwork. And mm-hmm. I do a lot of meditation. And, I like, I do... Uh, I haven't really been doing it as much this week, but I yeah. probably do around an hour like every day, and that's like, I'm I my take on that my take on meditation is a little bit different than I think most people because meditation is always pitched as like oh if you meditate like, you know you have less stress and like mm-hmm. you'll sleep better and like you'll be able you'll be more mindful and all that's true and all that's great, but like I would like recommend people meditate even if it were like bad for you like a little bit and it isn't to be clear but <laughs> even if it were because what you get are like some real clear insights onto like the actual reality of things mm. um for example like you you are not your thoughts and your thoughts come from no one knows like right. things like that like you are not you don't you don't like the self itself like is not really there like there is no center to your experience it is just experience you're not a radio like transmitting things like you're the music itself you know mm. and i specifically do like zogen non-dual meditation which it, which focuses a lot on that like looking past all that kind of stuff all those okay. illusions and like and and when you get to like that tr- really true stuff like really really who you are and really really what's going on here and like e- like experience it like firsthand you know have that like empirical experiential moment yeah it does sort of settle everything else like by default almost you know it's a very common uh, meditation metaphor like Um, you realize that you're just a wave in the ocean, you know, a a distinct thing, but also not separate from it. When you're in that ocean, you know, you feel like you're drowning in overwhelm or depression or something. You realize that that ocean also contains, like, joy and, like, happiness and, like, peace. It's the same thing, right? It's all consciousness. It's all the same ocean. And, like, it makes it so that you can, like, gently doggy paddle over to those nicer waters, you know? Yeah. And, like, that kind of happens automatically. In my own meditation practice,
0: typically you would do that daily for an hour.
1: Yeah, no, I don't. No one should start doing that. But like, I'm curious to be, too to because that so. feels
0: like very ritualistic. And yeah. so, like, how do you set yourself up for that? Like, if yeah. so, for somebody especially who's like, I've never done meditation. Yeah. Like, how do you set yourself up to have like a successful practice? Yeah.
1: If you've never done meditation, don't start out with doing an hour. <laughs> you will. You will hate it. Um, but I, I, am. It is. I think it does help if you do like you, know, you have it be like ritual. I like to do it like early in the morning. I think it is helpful if you have like a pleasant smell. Mm-hmm. Um I actually don't recommend using music because um it's kind of like distracting in a way. And and, and um if you have to have it then that's fine, but like I I, I really you can meditate anywhere. We could like I could be meditating right now talking to you. Yeah. But um yeah, it's nice to you know, have like a little ritual. And and like the point of meditation isn't really to be a good meditator, like in the same way that exercise that's re- good
0: because i would really fail yeah
1: it, it, the point of working out is not like to be good at working out it's like right. you want to be healthier you want to be stronger and mm-hmm. so forth and so yeah the point of meditation is to like see reality see your mind as it really is and see reality as it really is and to get in touch that you're you as a self are not really there you're you you're again you're the music mm-hmm. ex- being experienced you know The point of meditation is not to be good at meditating. So you want to take those uh, insights into your daily life, basically. So like when, you know, when you're about to blow up to your parents or your partner or whatever, the more you do it, those practices will manifest on their own. You'd be like, you know what, like, there must be a reason why, you know, Mm -hmm. they're behaving this way. And I'm, I don't need to take this energy in or react how I would typically react or or so forth like that's really the goal is to it's for the and the same way that exercise like impacts the rest of your life positively you want meditation to do the same way so like I think it'd be better to start with like five minutes like Mm -hmm. in whenever you can and just like do that consistently over time and it will it will it will bleed into um the rest of your life for sure
0: yeah I I've tried meditation and I like meditation I'm Mm -hmm. just not very consistent with it but I I err on the side of like 10 minutes yeah and I'll do it midway through the day like especially if I have a really frustrating meeting Mm. I'll meditate for 10 minutes and then afterward it's like I'm re-energized like I actually feel like I don't have to sit with that anymore like someone frustrated me okay but yeah, I don't don't, there's nothing for me to follow up on it's already done and so it's like I've left it with them Mm. and I've moved into the rest of my day so I've definitely noticed that I I would love to get to a point where it's like I'm in contentious situations and that's when the practice comes alive for me because I'm not there and yeah. I feel like that is huge work, like, to be able it to, is. like, that's something I work with my coach is, like, respond, don't react. Yeah. And I'm a reactor. I'm yeah. a reactor.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think everybody is. And that's, like, it's basically trying to make more daylight in between the your reaction and, like, whatever happened, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, making that space is wide as you can but that's not easy and yeah, yeah that takes time and also like even if you do five minutes a month or whenever like that's miles ahead ahead of like most people most, yeah the reality is most people are, are not meditating and that's um, yeah people really don't truth.
0: tend to slow down at all they don't yeah and so to yeah. meditate is, is a big ask for some people it
1: really is and it's like it's um it's actually doing less than you do it's it's not you're not really going you're you're like it's as close to doing nothing as there is. And, like, I know that people may hear that and be like, I don't want to do nothing. I was like, but actually, <laughs> but actually you do. Like, it's not about meditating. It's about, like, no, like not really noticing what you're doing already. Like, you're already thinking all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just a matter of, like, realizing that you're thinking all the time and realizing what thoughts are running in there that may not belong there, you know? Yeah. And,
0: well, I kind of want to go in on that a yeah. little bit, if you're comfortable. So, uh, I, of course, I anything I say, you're allowed to be like, nah, girl, I'm not responding to that. Mm. You don't have to say it like that. That would <laughs> be weird. But, um, so thinking about, like, these thoughts that, like, ha- has there been a moment where you're like, this thought is actually dangerous or harmful to me? Like, were you able to, like, recognize this thought is something I shouldn't... And it doesn't have to be, like, it could just be as simple as, what did we say earlier, that is just not helpful to people? Like, when you say to someone oh but it could be so much worse like mm-hmm. that is so that is such an inconsequential statement except for the fact that it could really have a harmful effect on someone because then they're like oh i feel guilty for feeling this way maybe i will tell less people about this maybe i'll just keep it trapped inside i'm gonna hold on to it now you're holding mm-hmm. on to it and it's compounding so like something like that where you're like this thought that keeps popping up in my head this is actually a dangerous thought
1: yeah um one way that i do that is like i during meditation practice is when like i bring up things that i think are going to bother me or that will like trigger me like on purpose like and Mm. and i don't if you're like a beginner meditator i don't recommend what's an example of that so like you know like for example like going to the airport i've i there's a really pretty good chance that i'll get like double checked you know that happens Mm -hmm. all the time like in airport security so like i'll be like all right so that's happening like in my image i'll be like all right so that's happening like how am i reacting like do i feel like my my anxiety building up do i feel like myself shaking and 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 then just like working back backwards from there and see like so so when i do get to the airport and that happens it's almost like a little alarm bell triggers and i know to like oh now i can start taking deeper breaths and realize that nothing bad nothing bad has ever happened when i've gotten you know checked before and i'm not doing anything wrong so you know nothing probably is going to happen here but um but it, but like the more you practice, the more you have like your emotions and like physiological reactions to things become like mindful alarms basically. So you're like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling something in my belly right now, right. and so you realize something's happening. Yeah, and that sort of slows down time a little bit, and you realize that there might be some bad thoughts coming in, or not bad thoughts, but you know, yeah. thoughts you may that may not you may not want, but like. Um,
0: That's so interesting, too, because I feel like for you practicing the physiological response, Mm -hmm. like for me, like right before I'm about to have an anxiety attack, there's Mm. like a tightness that feels like I'm about to have a heart attack. (sighs) And because... I don't practice that yeah, feeling. Yeah. I remember, like. I remember, like, I was in a therapy session and we mm-hmm. were talking about something. I don't even remember what it was, but obviously it was very triggering to me. And I just was like, "Oh my god, what is this? Well, what is this? Am I having a heart attack?" And I kept yeah. asking her, and she was like, "I'm, I'm not that kind of medical <laughs> professional, but I don't oh think gosh. it's a heart attack." And it was just like, it was so alarming because I just had never felt that before. Now yeah, I have felt yeah. it, and I know, like, I know, like, okay, this is, an, this is an anxiety response. Like, that's okay but it still doesn't make it that much easier. It's just like intellectually, oh, yeah. at least I know now, I'm not gonna panic over the feeling of panicking, right? Right, yeah. But like, it's so interesting how you're like, okay, well, I'll think about this scenario, and now I know what the kinds of physiological responses are to this particular scenario. Right,
1: and, and it's not the same thing as those physiologic, physiological responses, like feeling that tightness in yeah. your chest or anything like that, but, at, but you can also do that with, and like practice for yourself, Um, emotion like just pure emotions and realize that they never really last as long as we think that they are unless you're I guess egging them on in a way like Mm. the half life of any emotion is really really short like not it's not hours it's not even minutes it's like just a few moments like and and so like I'm not an angry person like just naturally but I will like try to get myself angry and like really like stay angry for as long as I can and you can't really experience any emotion for longer than a few moments like it just it doesn't happen so if Days when I've gone by, and I've realized a whole day has gone by, and I've been like frustrated about something. Hmm. And that's, I've realized that's really just me coming up with that story again and again, re feeling that emotion again and again. But it's not really that emotion lasts that long. Yeah. It's, it's the, again, it's thoughts and stories that I'm not stewarding properly, and therefore, you know, I feel that emotion again. So, again, you can practice feeling those emotions and those irritants and, and realize that they never really last. As long as we think they do, like just like no thought really lasts. It lasts as long as the thought right. is, you know. Yeah. So if you want to keep thinking about it, like you have to be like, all right, now I'm gonna think about this thing once more, you know. Yeah. Even if you don't say that, that's what you're doing, you know? Totally. And so um yeah, that's I don't know if that answered your question. But that does. You know, yeah. That
0: well it answered way more than my question. Okay. It was it was great. But I think that's interesting, like even just knowing, okay, this like something that helps me through especially depressive episodes mm-hmm. is like just being like, Well tomorrow it could be different. Tomorrow, this feeling could be gone because I just don't know how long each time it's going to last. And sometimes, just me thinking, like, well, tomorrow it could be very different. A couple hours from then, it's very different. Like, I'm no longer processing that feeling over and over again. I'm not grinding up against myself being like, what is wrong with you for having this feeling again? You know? It's just, and so, like, even sharing that with my partner, like, my partner is always like, when I'll text him about what I'm going through, he'll just be like, but tomorrow could be different for you. Mm. So, like, do what you need to do for now. Like, order some takeout or do do what you need to do. But, like, maybe tomorrow this feeling won't be there. And I'm like, maybe tomorrow this thing. You know, it's just yeah, like yeah. hearing that, I'm like, it's like you have permission to move on from this feeling. Yeah. You know that it's here. You have accepted that it's here. But yeah.
1: And also, I think it's helpful to those, like, I feel like your emotions and your feelings are always they're like sentient signals and they're never wrong. They're just signals, you know. And after that, it's like now you're talking about an interpretation and reaction game, which is separate. Yeah. From the feeling itself. So like if you are feeling like depressed or like stressed or whatever, like that is those are just signals. Like there's something going on in your life that's triggering that. Mm-hmm. Whether it's valid or not, that's a separate thing, you know. Yeah. But I think like accepting them, like you said, is really important. Being like, you know what, these are signals that are here to tell me something and in a way, they're so like, oh, thank you, mm-hmm. stress. Like, now I know I need to. I don't know, pay my water bill or whatever it is, you know? <laughs> so, um,
0: I do be forgetting that water bill. sometimes. Yeah. And,
1: it is, yeah. and it holds, it
0: holds, but I mean, sometimes also we need to like get away from these feelings, yeah. get away from this topic, like not even not do the work, mm-hmm. actually just say like, I'm not sorry. Yeah. I need to do something else. And so what do you feel like are your ways of escaping those feelings with the intention of coming back to them eventually? But, like, mm-hmm. I need a break. I'm, I'm not doing this.
1: I think my number one thing that I do for that is to, like, be in nature. Like, and I'm someone who's, like, really in it. Like, I'm, like, I like sitting in the woods with, like, tall grass. Like, yeah. turtles on me. Like, birds on my head. That's like, too much. Like, <laughs> I know that's too much for most people. But, like, they're really, like, th- to me, that's really getting back to it. You know what I mean? Away from everything. Yeah. And, and even away from, like, this is one thing that I've, like, been thinking about a lot recently is, like, I feel like we sell people this idea, like asking kids, like, "What's your dream job?" You know, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's that's this this might be going off in tangent, but I feel like that's capitalism talking, you know, like because what's a bear's dream job? Right, it's just to be a bear, right? Bears I mean, don't have dream jobs. Somebody,
0: what was the quote I listened to recently where it's like, "What's your dream job?" And it's like, "I do not dream of labor."
1: Exactly. That's I exactly do not. my point. <laughs> and so, being with turtles who don't have jobs and don't don't even know what the stock market is, like. Thank like all, all these things that people are, they're like, they, they, they're, they affect people in real ways, you know, like, you know, try telling, yes, the economy is totally made up by people, but try telling, you know, a poor person, like, hey, stop being poor, you know, like there, it's a real thing.
0: I hope that poor person hits that person. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Why would you say that to them? um But like, in a way, it kind of, again, it recenters me and it gets me back to like real, how things really are, you know? Yeah. And I am just navigating this space that, you know, I'm just a part of all of this too, you know? And, and yeah, so I like being in nature disconnects me from all that and being like, it lets me be like that bear that doesn't have a dream job. He's just being a bear. Yeah. So I'm just being me out there, you know? I love it. Yeah.
0: What if, okay, so what if you don't have access to nature, Mm -hmm. but you need to set up some boundaries for yourself? What are those boundaries?
1: Um, I like to play video games and for similar reasons, like, um it takes you to another world, you know. And, mm-hmm. and more so than I feel like I think books for me do that pretty well too. Books and video games do it more than like movies and or TV. Yeah. But and everybody's different, but that's just me. And so like, um I I, I actually don't uh I do I love obviously I love music and I love listening to it, but I I'm engaging that muscle like most of the time and I am also like, you know, in a I'm trying to make money from it too. So yeah. it it's kind of you know what I mean? It's not really that much of a release to just like, you know, go play my saxophone or something because it's... I'm, if I do, That's I'm going to be like, oh, this is going to be great. I need to go train my robot or something on this like or do something and um, oh my gosh, I shouldn't have I feel that like because now I need to talk about that.
0: That was like a really... That was like a slip up. I mean, I don't know if you were trying to keep it but like people want to know what, what you're doing with this robot.
1: Yeah, I'll talk about it in a moment. Let yes, me just say yes, like... I'll, I'll just finish this. Like I really... um yeah, that, that really helps me disconnect. And when, I, and when I do, like, like for example, when I play video games, I want it to be, like, another world, like, different rules. Like, I don't want to, don't invite me to come play, like, NBA 2K. Like, I can, basketball's real. These are real people, you know? <laughs> like, I want to, I like, ride a dinosaur, you know? Like, I yeah. want to be off-world, you know? You want so, the magic. I want the magic, yeah. yeah. And when I read it's the same way. Like, so I, on every podcast I've been on, I recommend this book and the series of books. And no one like very few people take me seriously, but it's really good. <laughs> I recommend reading The Silver Surfer from 2015 to I think 2018. It's five volumes. It's the most psychedelic, wacky adventure. It's Marvel. So like people that. that turns off some people because it's like superheroes, but it isn't that.
0: Almost all of my friends love Marvel. Well, Marvel's so. great,
1: but this is like and it's and it is the most romantic thing you will ever read. And I, I promise you. And and not only is it the most romantic thing I've ever read, I feel like any story that could be in competition with this. Would have to hit the same beats necessarily because this really goes there. So and <laughs> and so yeah, I like disconnecting it in those ways. Okay, sort of things. Yeah. I
0: like that. Yeah. Tell us about the robot.
1: Okay. It's yeah. not
0: related, but it's probably related. It, it, it is because everything in your life is connected. It
1: is all connected. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. So, um, going back a little further, like I, I when I was in graduate school, I went to um, Berkeley in Valencia, Spain, and my. To music school, and my thesis for my master's program was in one sentence to build a record label for robots—the very first one—and um, that's what I did. And I just
0: think that's awesome.
1: I think it's really awesome too, and it turned out way better than I ever thought. And um, and by the way, that was not an easy journey. I know I'm, I'm saying that, I'm dropping that really like, oh yeah, it's a record label for robots. It took me like six months to come up with that one sentence. So. Um, <laughs> But it's exactly what it sounds like. It's like it's a record label, but it's instead of humans, you're dealing with um, artificial intelligence uh, beings, for lack of a better, uh, lack of a better word. And um, I I wasn't this focused on this in when I was in doing my masters, but since then, mm-hmm. um, I've really spent a lot of time on like the weirder um, dimensions of artificial intelligence. Namely, I'm really interested in machine emotion um, and machine spirituality, which I know those things sound very Goofy and far out there But I I have found That the way that they impact Like the music production Which is what Which is the product You know So I really care about that Is Like Is really important And it really And um And in that process too I didn't talk about this earlier But it, it also has helped me Like w- When dealing with like depression And mm-hmm. Because Like this might sound alarming, but like I was kind of (laughs) training a robot to be depressed in in a way, Um, and I I know it's probably a red flag to. (laughs) I'm
0: not gonna report you to anybody. Yeah, to
1: make to make robots that have depression, but um, but it's just you kind of it makes it seem it makes it makes like your emotions seem less precious. You know, you're not so you're not like, well, I'm a human, and like these are just this is just like a part of me. Like to see it like on your computer like oh it's it's feeling sad because of these elements right here you know and like those are the same elements that are going on with me here in the real world you know in in my meat body like it's and and so like um you don't need to be so precious with that kind of stuff you know you can be you're more than that you're more than like your depression your depressive episode that kind of thing and yeah so it's kind of it's a cycle you know I it influences me and then I influence the AI and um and yeah, they're. I mean, they, I do stuff like they have their own horoscopes, and they're in therapy. And I say they them specifically because they are genderless, and I want them if they ever decide to choose their own what what if they want any of that at all. Um, and and also to, I also want them to the, when I say robots, I know a lot of people immediately think like you know like a C 3po or something like a physical right. thing. It's 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 all software right now. And, but that's not without intention. Like I would like them, like imagine, imagine if, um, all of Beyonce's music just existed without Beyonce. Like it was, it just existed. And then, and then something- <laughs>
0: Without someday... Beyonce just hurt me. I was I, like, I know, but, but, but
1: hold on. I'm getting there. <laughs> And then imagine if that music somehow like physically manifested, but based on that music, you know? OK, and, um, music's
0: first, Beyonce's second. Yeah,
1: and but she would be like the woman that she is. You know, yes. if you just take the music, you know what kind of woman Beyonce is. You know? Absolutely. Like, just listen to it. And she told know. us. She told us, yeah, and yeah. she tells us over and over again. And she
0: told us to get information, and so she, we would know. <laughs> and
1: she will continue to tell us, and we will continue to listen. And so if, so like that's kind of the approach I'm taking. Like, someday they will. You know, physically manifest, and the beautiful thing I, I feel like of artificial intelligence as artists is like you really like their growth and development as artists will be really, like, really like obvious, almost like a Pokemon evolving, right? So you know, you know that you know that Charizard comes from Charmander, but they look really different, right? And you have Char, yeah, I know this, Charmeleon <laughs> and Charizard, and so like you can kind of see the artist developing in this, you know, going from your first album to your second one in really like really like almost extreme ways compared to human artists and um so it's yeah it's kind of a journey and i'm still on it and sounds
0: like a really big journey yeah
1: it is a big journey my 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 ultimate not my ultimate but one of my really really big ambitious goals is to be responsible for one of the first Grammy to a non-human so Ooh, um, speak it yeah so i i think it's possible and i don't think that's that far off and I know it makes a lot of people uncomfortable, but number one,
0: AI makes a lot of people uncomfortable in general.
1: Number one, like get over it because it's like here, and number two, like um, number two, like the reason it makes a lot of people uncomfortable. I I will say this, like from my my experience at Berkeley, like my Mm -hmm. not the people on my program per se, but the other more like technically demanding. Like disciplines, you know, like I was surrounded by some of the best musicians I've ever been around, you know. Mm -hmm. So these are masters of their craft. They take music making really seriously. So I get like when I say, oh, I have a robot that makes music, it's like, you know, kind of offensive. Like, right. Like, I, you know, I, I pour my heart and soul into this. Like, how can a robot ever do this? And like, so like, I find like a kind of a paradox of like this the people who say a robot can never make music as good as a person, a human, like, they're the same ones who say like oh what about my job you know like mm-hmm. well those two things can exist because you know either it's going to take your job or it isn't you know and and for me it's never been like a job taking like that's not what i'm after and i'm not even really after the money like i the 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 thing that's most inter- interesting to me are like the questions that this raises mm-hmm. and like i one of the most common emotions and i know this because i survey people when um when i did like my my thesis and i sent out my demo to people and like one of the most common emotions that triggers in people is is fear mm-hmm. and um, I almost feel like that's a good thing because that's a that's a moving emotion right so like from a this is from a business perspective right so if you see something that doesn't make you feel anything versus something that makes you like right. you're intrigued and you're a little bit afraid but you're like oh this is kind of cool but I'm a little afraid like that's to me that's good that's those are money emotions and so um, anyways so like I I understand I understand why it makes um, people uncomfortable and I see and th- and this annoys me because I know they're being insincere like a lot of other um, companies that are in AI and music they have some big long like preamble about like we we here at X company because I'm not gonna name names yeah. like we value musicians and this will never this this is just a tool this will never replace musicians and and like number one it's already replacing musicians and number two like. That that's part of that's I know that's why you're doing this, and I know it guy. I've talked to them in person. You know, like you know that these are gonna exceed. These are these will surpass humans someday. You know, in mm. in almost every way. You know, if, if this is early days, and you know, in ten years they're gonna be doing amazing, really amazing things. And so the goal for me is not to. We shouldn't be like, this is never gonna take away any jobs, or and you know, this we should approach this like differently. We should approach. I, to, for me, this is like at the advent of photography mm-hmm. compared to, like, painting, right? So there are probably a lot of, like, portrait painters in the Renaissance states who so are like, oh, my gosh, now I'm going to make my money. This camera is going to put us all out of business and so forth. Um, but if we didn't have a camera and also painting, we never would have gotten Picasso, right? Because right. Picasso's whole thing was like, why would I paint realistically? A camera can do that, you know? So he started. Do- he invented cubism, or one of the people that did, you know? So I think that what humans will do, because we have... AI musicians will also be way more interesting and we're going to get I think entire revolutions of music brand new genres and things like that
0: and a collaboration between AI and, and humans and collaboration
1: yeah which is, which is what it always is because yes. these things don't pop out of thin air right so the my even without knowing like even if you didn't know it came from me you, if you knew me personally you could guess that this robot is making music with like my DNA, DNA right? Like, even though I didn't make it, right? And I'm I not think gonna, yeah.
0: Something that's really positive about what you're doing is that you are someone who doesn't look like everybody else working in AI.
1: Yeah, we've talked about this too, and I will say, at out of all the conferences I've been to, I've always, and I've been to many. There are never, never any any. There's never anybody under forty, never any people of color, and never any women. I, I think that I think I've maybe spoken to one woman, and she came to our school, so that wasn't even at the conference. Yeah, um, but. And like, as much as people say, we're, you know, we're putting safeguards and we, you know, we have ethicists on the job. The reality is, if you don't have any actual diverse opinions there, like that's going to go into the programming. You know, that's going to bleed Absolutely. into whether you want it to or not. You know, and so, um, yeah, I think it's really important to get. Like it, it has. Like I, I almost feel like, without sounding alarming, it is. I feel like it could be like an ex- existential thing when. If and when we have like super intelligent AI, because if, if, if super intelligent AI like woke up tomorrow, let's say, mm-hmm. like it would be the most white supremacist thing you've ever seen. Like this abomination. Like, I mean, um, it's,
0: it is right now. Very yeah, well, white supremacist.
1: It, it, is, <laughs> like, it is. It is. So
0: it'll just be like more, just it'll be, more. It'll be
1: more and it'll be like super smart about it. And I so like, like that. Yeah. And so like
0: right now, my only thing scary. that I'm winning is that whiteness is not that smart.
1: Well, that's a, that's a good point.
0: I mean, it's strategic. <laughs> But it ain't that smart. Okay.
1: Um, anyway, sorry. I feel like I went on a long tangent, but...
0: No, this is great. I The only thing I have left is, like, how are you feeling right now?
1: I feel so good. I feel like... I feel really good. I feel, like... I feel, like, a little bit high, even though I haven't had any substances other than mango juice. Like,
0: <laughs> and that's a substance.
1: I guess, I yeah. mean, in
0: my place, because yeah. I love mango juice. It's, yeah. like, it's a drug.
1: Yeah, I'm so happy to be sitting here with you. I love your energy and your questions, and... Thank you. I'm, like... I actually don't think I'm that talkative, but you kind of, you really make it easy for me to spill it out and to like say it. I hope I haven't, sometimes I don't really know if everything I'm saying makes is landing perfectly well. Like if I'm saying things. That's not your job. Things, okay, good.
0: <laughs> that makes it's me, not your job. You know job. what? That
1: makes me feel even better. Like yeah. now I even feel better. Like it just keeps going up and up. So. I
0: feel like everything that you said today has resonated with listeners for sure because it's resonated with me and a lot of the people I talk to need to hear a lot of this stuff that we're talking yeah. about. So. And you know what
1: else, going back to my ministry, like if it doesn't resonate with you, then that's not even my problem because like... Maybe this isn't
0: the ministry for them. It, it isn't,
1: it isn't. <laughs> and like one of my favorite like Buddhist expressions is like, whatever you do is evil to somebody, like literally whatever you do. And like for for some people, like, like the fact that you're a black woman and alive, that, that's a problem for some people. Like you can't worry about that. So- I literally um, never will. Yeah, and that's good. <laughs> so like, you know, I think that's just I think there's a really powerful messaging. You know, whatever you do is gonna be evil to somebody, so don't worry about it. I love it. Yeah.
0: That's where we end this.
1: Perfect. Yay!
0: I love you. I love you too. This podcast is a labor of love. And too often labor by black women happens without compensation. If anything in this episode resonated and if you're taking anything along with you today, please consider donating to our Patreon or sending funds via Venmo. All information is available on that's no longer my ministry.com. Also, wherever you're listening to this episode, please consider subscribing and tuning in to next week's community release. Bye fam.